Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's now 2023, and we're back at it. And we're going to talk about one of the key things that helped carry us in 2022, and that's the Dow Theory. And we have new levels on the top side of the equation that have come to fruition since the last time we discussed the Dow Theory. So let's buckle up for a new year. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. All right, we're talking Dow Theory. We've got some new levels. So let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond, uh, his book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. And then, of course, you got to check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. There's a bunch of juicy picks on there as well. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. Happy New Year. It's great to be back. Happy New Year to you and your and your listeners, too. Uh, we're starting off the new year in, in some shaky territory as far as uh, the Dow Theory is concerned. It is still bearish, but as I mentioned We've established, you know, we've had those lower levels that we've been watching. Those are the retest levels on the downside for both the Dow uh, Industrials and the Dow Transports. But we have new levels as well on the upper side of the range. So, but let's just start with the the quick primer for the gain, you know, new gains listeners that are, aren't overly familiar with the Dow theory, and just a, a recap for even the regulars. What is the Dow theory? And what is it saying? And and real quick, for the gains listener, grab a pen and paper because you're going to want to take down these levels that Chuck's going to mention here. Uh, go ahead, Chuck. Sure, uh, Andy. The, the Dow Theory is uh, a tool to help you understand the market's primary trend. In other words, the trend that typically lasts 12 to 18 months in a minimum. What is that primary trend? Is it bullish or bearish? Uh, the Dow Theory looks at two things and two things only. It looks at the movement of the Dow Jones industrial average and the Dow Jones transportation average. And from the movement of those two indices determines whether that primary trend is bullish or bearish. The the fundamental basis of the Dow theory is that the Dow Jones industrial average stocks represent very important segments of the economy, the, the services, the industrials, technologies in there, finances in there. And then the Dow Jones transportation average represents an especially economically sensitive part of the economy. You've got your truckers, your airlines, your your shippers, um, companies that are, are, are again, are very um, sensitive to economic trends. And what you want to see from a Dow theory perspective is 
both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Dow Jones Transportation Average confirming one another in direction where they are moving um, in, in the same sequence, uh, hopefully higher. That, by definition, is a bull market where you have the Dow Industrials and Dow Transports setting a, a series of higher highs. Uh, that is, is basically the definition of a bull market. If, on the other hand, you have the industrials and the transports are are moving in sync, but to the downside and making a series of lower lows, that in turn is a, a bearish signal under the Dow theory. And that is what we have been working under for much of the last 12 months with the, the Dow industrials and Dow transports um, moving kind of steadily lower into important lows that were established, excuse me, at the end of September. Uh, in the case of the Dow industrials, for example, on uh, the end of September, the Dow Industrials uh, bottomed to 28,725.51. I'll give you that number again. That's 28,725.51. And that's the close um, on that September. That was the close for the Dow Industrials on September 30th last year. Correct. And then you had a, a low in the Dow Transports, which I believe was uh, just a few days before that, of 11,999.40. That's 11,999.40. So when you had both the industrials and transports were already in a bear market decline, and then they reconfirmed that bear market signal by going to new lows at the end of September. Now, since then, what we have seen in the market is a, is a pretty good rally and then uh, kind of a, 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 a fallback from that rally. And, and the rally off those late September lows uh, in the industrials, it took the industrials up to 34,589.77 on November 30th. That was the, the uh, high in the rally off of the September lows. That number, again, is 34. 589.77, and you saw a similar rally in the Dow Jones Transportation Average to its closing intermediate high on November 30 of 14,649.20. And I'll give these numbers again, but it's 14,649.20. So, you know, what the Dow theory says is this. When you have a primary trend in place, in order for that trend to change, you need to have in the case of a bear market trend, you need to have a rally off the lows. You need to have a successful retest of those lows by one or both of the Dow averages holding their previous lows and then rebounding to surpass that rally high. And in this case, the rally highs are the November 30 highs. So the long and the short of it is, Andy, that you know we have points established both on the upside and the downside. So from a Dow theory perspective, we're kind of in a you know potential inflection point. Will those September lows hold or will they be broken to the downside and reconfirming the existing bearish trend? Or will one or both of the Dow indices hold and then go above those highs? Both of them need to go above those rally highs, uh, which we talked about on November 30. And again, those levels are 14,649.20 for the Dow Transports and 34,589.77 for the Dow Industrials. So, you know, we're kind and of, very, uh, you know, we're going to let the market too. tell the story here. Yeah, and very important. They're not intradays. Those are closing. They have to be closing prices. 
uh, when 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 you're going through the Dow theory and establishing these levels, these are close. These are the the closing price for each um, you know Dow Industrial and Dow Transport. Right. So you know there is you know right now again the the trend is still bearish and and you have to assume the trend remains bearish until proven otherwise. And um, but you know if you look at kind of the way the market is laid out here a little bit, we're actually closer to those rally highs than we are the September lows. So we'll see if the market can kind of gain some footing in here, hold those September lows, and then go above those those uh, November 30 highs. That would change the trend from bearish to bullish and would be a reason to be optimistic about the market, um, you know, for, you know, a minimum six to 12 months and perhaps longer. So, you know, a lot of folks kind of guess at what's going to happen. We prefer to kind of let the market tell the story through the prism of the Dow theory, and that's kind of what we're waiting to see. How will the market respond here? If, in fact, this is, you know, going to be a continuation of 2022, uh, if, in fact, we are going into a recession, if, in fact, earnings are going to get crushed, if, in fact, inflation is going to continue to be stubbornly high, uh, if, in fact, the Fed is going to continue to raise interest rates in hopes of quelling inflation, um, you know, the market's going to tell us that, and it's going to tell us that by both the Dow Industrials and Dow Transports going to new lows. Um, if, on the other hand, uh, you know, the Fed is nearing the end of its tightening ways, if, in fact, we get a mild recession or not even a recession, if, in fact, um, inflation, particularly wage inflation, can come down below that 4 to 5% range, um, you know, the market is going to indicate that by how it breaks out of this range that it's in right now. So we'll see what it says. And, you know, you just mentioned a couple fundamentals. So, you know, the Dow theory, the Dow theory and taking a look at that is more of a technical analysis. But you see fundamentals moving the market. And I just want to remind everybody and Chuck, there are three different things that truly kind of dictate the direction of stocks and you kind of touched on some of those when you're you're painting the picture of good and bad and just give the gains listener those three very important things that we watch religiously right the three main engines of sustained market moves are corporate profits inflation and interest rates it's corporate profits inflation and interest rates it's not who won the last election it's not um, you know, is this war going to drag on in, in Ukraine forever? They certainly can have impacts on things such as interest rates, inflation, and corporate profits. But those are the three things that drive stocks in a sustained way. The the other issue that people need to remember is that markets are forward-looking. So the market is going to kind of give you a, a preview, so to speak, of what's probably going to happen on those three fronts by the way it behaves here in the direction it breaks out. If, in fact, we get new intermediate highs in both of those indices, that would probably be a, a, a precursor or a good indicator that perhaps uh, corporate profits, for example, may hold up better than people think. Perhaps interest rates have peaked. Perhaps inflation is going to be coming down. So that'll be a tell how the market performs will be an important tell on what is probably going to happen with those three things. If, on the other hand, you know, we have new lows being made by both the industrials or transports, that probably does not bode necessarily well for what is going to be happening on the inflation front, the corporate profit front, 
and the interest rate front. So again, markets are forward-looking. That's where the Dow theory is useful in discerning and uh, giving you kind of a, a barometer on the future in terms of those three major engines, corporate profits, inflation, and interest rates. If somebody has a, you know, a, a perfectly clear crystal ball and they, they can predict what's going to happen with inflation, interest rates, and corporate profits, um, you know, then they have a huge leg up on the market in, in terms of what it's going to do. We don't have a crystal ball with that clarity. But the market does a very good job of, of kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen to those three, those three engines by how it performs uh, via the Dow theory. The last time we talked, we had had the, uh, the lower levels for the Dow industrials and the Dow transports established. And when, when, when I've talked about on the Gaines podcast many times, oh, we're lo- I'm looking for a retest. I'm looking for a retest. Those are the levels that we're talking about. And, and the last time we talked, we didn't have the upper levels. And I want to explain what has happened since then. It You know, once you test the lows and then the markets move higher, wh- how do you establish those upper levels? How much time do you have to wait? How How much... Does the market have to climb? Explain that that particular dynamic to all of this. Yeah, and, th- and that's where kind of the, the art comes into play a little bit on, on the Dow theory. That you, you don't know those rally highs until a little bit after the fact. And, and what you need to happen to establish those is enough of a retest where there is a retest, a legitimate retest of the lows. Once you have that, then that establishes those high points. So what what happened here in this case, from late September to the end of November, we had a very bullish move in the market. Then the market started to kind of roll over a little bit, both the Dow Industrials and Dow Transports. And they rolled over. the, 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 The kind of pullback occurred in about three to three to four weeks. Typically, it's three weeks to three months. And usually it'll retrace backward about one-third to two-thirds of the, the previous advance. So when you look at the pullback in the Dow Industrials and in the Dow Transports, it kind of meets those minimum parameters. So somebody could say, well, you know, Chuck, that's not enough of a retest. And, you know, I couldn't necessarily say they were wrong, but we feel, based on our experience with the Dow theory, based on them kind of meeting the minimum threshold, um, and based on uh, the way that the market has been behaving in general, that we're okay saying that at this point, the market has had a legitimate retest of the, the lows in the industrials and transports. Um, so if the market would just take off from here and go above those November 30 highs, we feel that the successful retest has been met and new, high, new intermediate high has been met. Therefore, you get a new bull market, according to the Dow theory. I have a hunch that we are going to get an even more significant retest of those lows. I don't think the market is just going to turn here and go higher and go above those November 30 highs. I think we're probably going to see a market, both the industrials, both the transports, that kind of work themselves a bit lower here to get more of a, a, you know, a, a, a more significant or, or a stronger retest of those lows. Uh, and, and then if, in fact, the market does come off that retest and go to new highs, then again, that would be a bull market as well. But to answer your question, you know, I, I just 
answer it in a long-winded way of saying, listen, we felt we feel that there has been enough of a retest off of the November 30 highs versus the September lows to make those November 30 highs significant under the Dow theory. And so that's kind of where we're coming from right now. But you could, you know, you could have a couple of Dow theorists disagree on that, that there has not been enough of a retest yet. We believe that there has. And the Dow theory has, has been legit. I mean, it has really guided us through the last year and has, has you know, said, hey, take some chips off the table. So, um, you know, it has a pretty good track record. And uh, just I want you to speak to that, especially as we recap how the Dow theory performed over the last year in saving you, me, and, and your clients a ton of money on the downside. Yeah, it, it, no, it's been it's been rock solid over the last year. Uh, you know, it, it has helped investors stay on the right side of that primary trend, uh, and and that's that's important. I mean, it's Dow Theory is not perfect, but I mean, it, what it it does a pretty good job of doing is uh, is keeping investors from just constantly whipsawing themselves by chasing bear market rallies or you know. Uh, not understanding where they are in terms of the the framework of the Dow theory, which is very important for investors to to know, as opposed to just kind of feeling like a leaf in the wind and you're just blowing around aimlessly, not having any perspective on the market. And it's yeah, I mean it's been it's been rock solid here for for this year. And you know investors that had reflected the Dow theory's bearish indication within their investment program, whether that's you know, taking chips off the table, whether that's being fairly aggressive in terms of holding cash here, they they probably have been, uh, you know, rewarded for following that. Uh, you know, and that, and that kind of speaks to something, though, Andy, it's too. It's, you know, you can say one thing about what the Dow Theory is doing, but how you put that into practice obviously matters, too, in terms of your portfolio and how it performs. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I would just kind of picking up on that. My two favorite parts of the Dow theory is that it brings a degree of discipline. And then it also, on the downside, it, you know, it if you're disciplined enough to follow it, sometimes you're buying stocks when you really got to hold your nose and that benefits you long term. And then sometimes you're dumping stocks when, yeah, you may really not because you, you feel FOMO, fear of missing out. So I, I do like that that discipline angle and that angle of, you know, sometimes making you do stuff you don't normally want to kind of pick up on that. Yeah, it does. And and uh, I mean, I can, you know, this will be a perfect example potentially coming up as it usually is. Let's say, for example, the market, uh, the industrials and transports here over the next month or two go above those November 30 highs without both of them breaching those late September lows. That under the Dow theory is going to be a, a, a new bull market. But I can guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people out there that um, are, are going to be saying you're nuts if you're buying it. <laughs> point because it's not a bull market right um and and what the dow theory is is going to say is well um it, it we think it is uh now how you put that into play you know that's that's kind of on you but it, it is it it would represent a better time to be owning stocks and to be buying stocks than say you know right now and and that's the disciplined that it brings into it's also you know it also supplements an investment program i'm not saying that 
I'm certainly not saying that everybody should be just building an investment strategy solely around what's happening in the Dow theory, but it, it, it does a nice job of bringing another set of data points, another perspective, a broader market perspective into uh, an investment program um, to help you then, you know, it, it's kind of the 35,000 foot view of the market. And then it's up to you to kind of get granular in terms of what type of investments, when you want to buy them, when you want to sell them. But at least you have this kind of broad perspective on the market that I think is very useful for people. And the Dow Theory does a good job of providing that. Yeah. And, and you can still be a degenerate like myself as well with a good portion of your portfolio, you know, money that you've made along the way. So you're not in the poor house and use this as a guide and, and, and you're using uh, conservative investing and using the Dow theory. And then when you, you want to risk a little bit and buy something on the dip or you got a crazy feeling, you do that with a small portion. But you, as you mentioned, just using this as a, a guide, especially for like the real portfolio, the one that you, you definitely got, ha, have to have around in the long run, it's great. And if you want to gamble here and there for, you know, any kind of you know, risky situation or you think you can make a quick turn, you could do that as well. I mean, there's there's definitely a place uh, for the Dow theory in in most people's portfolios as, as far as some allotted amount. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there there, you know, if nothing for for example, I mean, there are there are stocks that are clearly bull market stocks that get crushed in bear markets. And there are stocks that, uh, you know, Defensive areas, sectors that tend to hold up better in bear markets, uh, but but lag in bull markets. So, you know, knowing whether the primary trend is bullish or bearish can be very helpful in terms of, you know, what types of stocks do I want to tilt my portfolio to right now, depending on the market's primary trend. I mean, you know, if the if the market is bearish, you don't want to be tilting your portfolio to you know spacs and crazy high you know speculative growth stocks. Um, in a bull market, on the other hand, you may want to tilt your portfolio a little bit toward hati-tati growth stocks because those are the stocks that that tend to do better in in bull markets. So, yeah, it, you know, it's a tool, and and how you implement that tool depends on kind of you know your risk profile, the how how well you've kind of divvied up your portfolio between kind of core money and speculative money, et cetera. But you know, it's a tool to help you discern the market's primary trend, which is very useful to have when constructing an investment strategy or investment strategies. And it's the trend. It's not going to call the top. It's not going to call the bottom, but it'll get you close enough to both that you can actually navigate your investments. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We'll be right back with Chuck after the break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. Want to give you a, a plug on the UpsideStocks.com. We talk about it a lot on this podcast. We talked about it today on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Again, that's UpsideStocks.com. These are a little different companies that you often hear, and I'm going to let uh, Chuck kind of explain what kind of stocks are in the UpsideStocks.com list and hit you up for some picks. Yeah, two I mentioned today uh, uh, on your on the, the noon business hour, uh, and I'll review those again. That's Myers Industries. The symbol is M-Y-E. Trades for around $22 a share. The company is a, a kind of a materials handling company. They're also a, a tire distributor. Uh, they're not necessarily real sexy businesses, but the company scores extremely well in our, in, in our firm's Quadrix stock rating system. And it, it's kind of the type of, you know, growth cyclical that should, you know, value tilted stock that should hold up better in this sort of market. So that's Myers Industries. The second stock I mentioned is Esquire Financial ESQ. And I've mentioned that a few times on your show, and it continues to do, you know, quite well, especially in the financial services area. They, It's a regional bank. They have kind of specialty areas. One of them is working with law firms to uh, kind of, you know, let's say, for example, a law firm um, wins a case, but but they haven't been paid yet. You know, they may be able to take out what amounts to kind of a line of credit with Esquire to, uh, you know, get some money to help pay the expenses that they incurred on the, the, the court. Uh, for the court case, and then when the, the 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 settlement does come down, then they can pay off the the loan. So they kind of provide that kind of bridge type work, and that's kind of one angle that they have that's kind of uh, a, a bit unique for them. And the company's done exceptionally well. Trades for you know in the forty three dollar range. Uh, our clients do on both of these stocks, and those are two. Let me another stock that's that's interesting is uh, Jobble. I, I think it's pronounced Jabal. I never. It's Jabal, Jabal, J-A-B-I-L is this the spelling. The as long as is. it makes money, Chuck, it really doesn't matter how you pronounce it. <laughs> go ahead. I'm just, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's uh, the symbol is J B as in boy L J B L. The, the the company is Jabal. They do um, kind of uh, electronic component manufacturing, and uh, they they're kind of a uh, kind of a fab 
designer for, for electronics companies putting together their, their products for them. And the company has done quite well. Yes, it's in the, the electronics area, um, and that's that has been an area that's been a, a little soft, but their their business and profits have done very well. They're going to grow their profits this year. They're going to grow them in 2024. Revenues are grow nicely. Uh, it's one of the few companies out there where the earnings estimates have jumped up quite nicely in the last 30 days. Uh, and and that, that's saying something uh, because earnings estimates have been, they've been pretty aggressively coming down for a lot of sectors. They're not for Java. They're going up. Over the last 52 weeks, the stock has fallen only about 4% versus about a 20% decline in the S&P. So it's a stock showing real positive relative strength. And I like stocks showing positive relative strength in groups that have been a little on the weak side. Um, stock trades for about $67 a share. That's, uh, that's off its 52-week high of, of about $74 a share. And all in all, it's a, it's a solid company in kind of the mid-cap space. The market cap on it's about $9 billion. So that's Jabel, J-B-L, trades for $67 a share, and it's one investors may want to take a look at if they're looking for kind of mid-cap exposure. Yeah, that's a trio of picks from the UpsideStocks.com list. Um, back to the Dow Theory, wanted to talk about how we're going to play this. So we're right in the middle of the range. We've established the levels uh, the high and lows for the Dow Industrials. I'm just going to recap those real quick. Uh, the high for the Dow Industrials, November 30th, close, 34,589.71. The low on the Dow Industrials, and that was that September 30th last year uh, low that was put in. It was a close, 28,725.51. Transports, November 30th, as Chuck mentioned, 14,649.20. And then on the, the on the lows for the Dow Transports, again, put in September last year, um, 11,999.40. Okay, those key levels are established. Now, and, 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 and the markets are kind of in the middle of the range, actually maybe a little closer to the, 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 top, the top side. You indicated, and I agree with you, I think the, the, there is likely going to be a retest with the downside, and we talked about some of the fundamentals to drive that as well. But how do you play all of that? Explain that, Chuck. Sure. We, we Right now we're not doing much different than we had been when, um, you know, the, the primary trend was initiated in, in 2022, and that is, you know, we're probably in a portfolio where you could be 100% invested in stocks, we're probably somewhere around 73 to 80% invested. So, you know, we, we, we still have plenty of exposure to the market, but we don't have complete exposure, and we're willing to hold out, you know, 20, 25% of, of our equity money right now um, and just kind of seeing if, uh, you know, stocks get cheaper, uh, if there are some opportunities in there in stocks that we've wanted to buy that do, do finally pull back, et cetera. And, and we ha we're, we're not changing that right now. What would cause us to change it one way or the other would be whether if we got new closing lows below the September lows, we probably would uh, raise a, a bit more cash. Not necessarily a lot, but we would probably be a, a reason to maybe trim some weak sisters in the portfolio. On the other hand, if we had a, a confirmed new bull market, um, we would be, you know, we'd be looking to put money back into the market and put it back in and in, in relatively short order. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how we're playing it right now. We're not playing it much differently than we have been for the last few months. Um, 
uh, or for much of 2022 for that matter, and kind of letting the, the market dictate to us what our next steps are, depending on whether those lows, September lows hold or not, and depending on whether the market can, can go above those late November highs. And nothing, that would dictate movement. Nothing wrong with keeping some dry powder so when there is that clear signal to pounce, you can jump all over it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so that, that, yeah, that's, that's the biggest reason to have it. I'm sorry I interrupted you, Andy. Oh, no, that, go ahead. That, that's the biggest reason to have it. Yeah, you know, having, you know, 20% in cash, is, is probably providing a little bit of a downside cushion, but I don't want to overstate that. I mean, if you've got 80% of your money, you know, in stocks and the, and the market goes down 20%, you're going to feel a pinch. You're going to feel more in a pinch. You'll feel a bite. So um, you're, you're, you, hopefully you're not going to feel as much of a bite as the broad market, but you're going to feel a pinch. But the, the, the value is really, yeah, it'll provide a little bit of cushion, but it's going to give you fodder to go in and buy stocks when they uh, on weakness, and that's the big that's the value of having kind of dry dry powder, in my opinion. And that speaks to the discipline that the the, the framework, the guardrails that the Dow theory establishes, and then the discipline when when it is time to buy. It, you know, often it doesn't feel good, but I mean, that's when you make hay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of likes to be part of a herd, right? It feels safer in numbers, but at the end of the day, you know, herd investing can only it only works for maybe a time or two, and and a lot of times, as you kind of imply, uh, you know, I I can think through my history, and sometimes the best performances of stocks I've gotten have been the ones where you just kind of you know, you don't feel completely 100% comfortable doing it. Let's put it that way. Well, be the and, lion, not the zebra. Zebras, they, 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 they hang out in a herd. Be a lion, you know? And Well, and, yeah. And, and, and yeah. And if you, you know, I mean, stocks where you feel uncomfortable, maybe buying them, um, you're feeling uncomfortable because they've, you know, they, they've got some warts. I mean, everybody loves to say, well, geez, if that's the F, you know, XYZ stock goes down 15 or 20%, I'd buy that thing in a heartbeat. And yet nobody ever does when it goes down 15 or 20% because typically what makes it go down 15 to 20% is that there are, there are some problems, whether it's a, a, an overall market problem or there's some problems with the company. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't do it, you, you're never going to do it and you're never going to be, quote, buying low. You're always going to be buying high. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, being, being a little uncomfortable uh, – but in a disciplined way, can can pay real dividends for you, and the, and the Dow theory can help you do that. All right, so we've covered a lot of ground here, and some great information. Uh, I mean, it's just like a little uh, little trading class we've had here today, and talking about you know the the different things that drive markets. But as we wrap up today's gains podcast, Chuck, what's the takeaway? Takeaway is watching averages right now, and and you know particularly. The Dow Jones Transportation Average, which oftentimes is kind of the canary in the coal mine and uh, kind of a, a you know a, a nice leading indicator. See see how they perform and, and whether are they did they are they going to low those hold those lows or are they going to break above those November 30 highs? That's really what's what investors should be watching right now because that's going to tell the tale for for the rest of this year for a large part of this year is how the market spins out of this this. Uh, near-term trading uh, trading range. All right. Big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. 
He's also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. And as I mentioned throughout the uh, podcast, go check out the website, UpsideStocks.com. And hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If that's an option for you, I've been told that's podcast gold with totally love the solid. And subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back on Wednesday, and I look forward to seeing you then. On News Radio, WB. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.